following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How are we feeling tonight? Come on, how are we feeling? We're all right? It's a great night to be in church. You know, I think this is the greatest hour in the middle of the week that you could ever spend. I really, really do. I, I just don't think there's anything like it. I stood over there and wept while they were singing a while ago. And I said, dear Jesus, I feel like a sinner needs to find the Lord. But I was over there crying. The beautiful song, the beautiful way that they sing. Randy. You just do it all the time. You're just the best. And I love the fact, I love the fact that these folks are not performing. They're worshiping God. And this is not a performance-laden bunch up here. They love to worship the Lord, and they do worship the Lord. And I am so happy to get to come out here and speak. Now, there's two things I want to talk about tonight before I speak. Number one is the men's night next Friday night, Friday night week. We have a wonderful, wonderful speaker. We'll introduce that on Sunday, so you got to come Sunday to hear who's going to be speaking. we got a great speaker. And uh, we're going to give away cars and trucks, a car and a truck. <laughs> got to be present to win. <laughs> Model cars and trucks. <laughs> I went to a place one night, and they did that. Say, we got a, a, a truck to give away. We've got a little raffle here, and we charge 25 cents a ticket for the raffle, and they opened it up, and they read the name of the person, and they brought a little car that a kid could ride in out, and they gave away a car, and uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to do that, but we want you to come. We're going to eat meat together. We're, we're going to, somebody likes it back there. We're going to, we're going to fellowship. We're going to fellowship. And we're going to have a great, great time. And we're going to hear the word of the Lord. We're going to get closer to God. I just think that every time we get together, I think we ought to have God in the center of everything we do. Amen. Everything we do. Everything we do. And then the second thing I want to talk about is our, our week of prayer. It's been a long time since January. It seems like it's been forever. We didn't get to have one in the middle of the year like per normal, a holy, holy week. Uh, it was just a busy, 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 busy time, and we just could not feel like we could put that on the people. So we're going to do this prayer uh, in a couple of weeks, and I want you to be a part of that. It's 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, if, you, if you really think that you want to get closer to God, I promise you, you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning or get here at 6, and you spend about 30, 45 minutes with the Lord in prayer. We'll have praise team here. It's a beautiful morning. Everything works wonderfully. It's not a, it, the hour passes so fast, and you just need to be a part of that. And uh, I love prayer. I love the hour of prayer. Jesus said, could you not watch with me just one hour, just one? And I think we can watch with him for a few days, one hour a day, all right? Stand to your feet all over the building. It's good to be with you tonight. It's good to be your pastor. I'm honored. I really, really am honored. Every time I stand in this pulpit, I feel honored. And you know what, folks? There's sometimes I wrestle like I'm fighting a bear trying to find something I think is good enough for this congregation. I've been here 32 years, and I've tried to preach what I think is good enough, and sometimes I hadn't gotten there. But I feel like I've got a hold of something that is good enough 
to let you say, I'm glad I came to church on this Wednesday night. And uh, God's been good to all of us. He's a precious God. I want to tell you that my health is good. I'm in good shape. My heart's in rhythm. Amen. I, uh, I've had three great weeks of feeling wonderful. I've had to swear off. When I say swear, I have said I'm quitting it. No caffeine, no chocolate, no chocolate, no chocolate, no chocolate syrup on my vanilla bluebell. Jesus, this is a rough road to live, I promise you. Some people got to do it because you know what? Good health looks better and feels better than all that caffeine. Just feels better. So I just pray that God keeps me in this path and I keep walking and doing great. I'm going to speak today beyond the doors, sharing a life that really matters. And uh, I'm going to read today while you're standing, John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, I've got reading glasses now, forgive me. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him or with Jesus. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed, his, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And, but one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, he shows up when times are tough, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This, is say, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. I want you to say, Pastor, I want to hear the word tonight. This is going to be a very unique message that I'm going to preach, so I want you to set up on your seats, and I don't, I don't really need a lot of amens tonight. I'm not trying to preach you out of your seat tonight. I want to teach something to you. I want to tell you what I want this church to become again in this hour. You may be seated. God bless. Now, don't get quiet on me. You sit down like the, my Lord, you sit down quiet. Jesus, what am I going to do with you? Dan Gable was a great wrestler in college at Iowa State, and he coached the same university that he wrestled in. And he said a statement one day. He said, if this is important, do it every day. If it's not, don't ever do it. If what I'm about to preach is, not import, is important, do it every day. If not, don't ever do it. A certain county agent had to go to a farm in his jurisdiction to talk with a farmer about, the matter, about a matter of county business. And Walking up the dirt road leading to the farm, he encountered signs that read things like, trespassers will be shot. Beware of the dog. Keep out. And the last sign he saw was, this means you. Finally arriving at the door, he was greeted by a smiling, congenial farmer. And when the county agent was ready to leave, the farmer said to him, come and see me again sometime. I don't get many visitors up this way. <laughs> really? 
Wow. Well, no wonder. Two strangers attended the same church for several Sundays. No one spoke to either one of them. That's a shame. So one lady decided, I'll give this church one more chance. And if nobody speaks to me next Sunday, I'll never go again. The other lady said, I don't like this no-speak situation in church. If no one speaks to me next Sunday, I'll break the ice and speak to someone myself. So the next Sunday, the usher seated the two strangers on the same pew. Once more, nobody spoke. But as the first woman rose to stalk out of the church forever, the second woman turned, put out her hand and said, Good morning, I'm glad to see you. And both were pleased at having met a friend and they continued to attend and sat together for several years. The Bible says, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels unaware. I would like to talk about that tonight. I'd like to talk about the word hospitality. Say it with me, hospitality. I'm speaking on hospitality, folks. So don't go to sleep on me. It's going to be good. Hospitality is more than a tea party for friends or a suite at a business convention or an association of restaurants and hotel owners or ushers and greeters at the church. Hospitality is the spiritual discipline and a moral obligation of all who call themselves Christians. We must be hospitable to people. It is as important in the Bible as prayer. It's as important as Bible study. And yes, it's as important as worship. I'm going to talk about three things about hospitality tonight. I really am. I'm going to talk about hospitality as an atmosphere. How many loved the atmosphere of this church when you walked in the first time? All right, that's about a fourth of us. How many still love the atmosphere of the church, even on a Wednesday night? There is nothing greater than something being in the air before something ever happens up here. And there's something in the air. It's a feeling that you have when you gather in certain places to worship God. I'm glad this church has it. Because, folks, we live in houses of fear. You know that. We put dogs in our yard and double locks on our doors. We install elaborate alarms in our cars and throughout our houses. We surround our airports with safety officials, our cities with armed police, and our country with omnipresent military. We train our children to beware of strangers. We are reluctant to stop and help a stranded motorist, especially now. We prefer to communicate by cell phone or by text and the internet rather than entering into a conversation with an individual. It just seems much safer that way. The risk of face-to-face -face encounters are just too much. It's sad we're in that kind of world. But I want to I I talk to you tonight. There, there is a need to be smart. And I want to talk to you tonight that we need to be an extra. We need to be something special. This church needs to be a special place. We have about 65,000 square feet in this church, and this church needs to be 65,000 feet of a brand new way of looking at life. This church 
needs to be a place where people grin and they're not making fun when they grin. Where people are snickering over here in the corner and it's because they just heard a joke they shouldn't have been told in church. When people walk in this house, they need to understand that there is a direct difference between what they walked out of and what they have walked into. They may be in a rainstorm. They may be in a hurricane of violence outside, but when they walk in this house, they need to exhale and say, well, exhale and say, well, this feels brand new. It feels real good. Church ought to feel really good all the time. Perverts and predators are no respecter of person. We know that. The more we accumulate, the more we stand the risk of being stolen from. And the less we know the people around us, the less we trust and the more we fear. And the media and the movies seem intent on heightening that fear to astronomical proportions. Now, I'm not asking you who goes to the movies, but have you noticed lately in the movies trailers, there's not anything happy. There's a lot of mysterious things. They got one advertised on TV that they call Smile. I would not walk in the door of Smile because that's not a smile. Somebody going to cut your head off in that movie. But it's just amazing how the world has turned everything that is God-like upside down. And a church needs to be that oasis in a desert, that wonderful place where people can walk in and say, wow, it's different in this house. How much fear can we endure and still function as loving, creative human beings? Has fear frozen us from freedom? Has it imprisoned us in isolation and destined us to live anxious lives on adrenaline alert? What is the long-term effect of living in that kind of anxiety? What will happen when we continue to isolate ourselves from one another, separate ourselves from community, and live out of fear of other human beings? Let me, let me just stop and look on the line right now. I'm looking at all you people that's watching via uh, the, the Internet. I want to talk to you, and I want to say to you that watching is wonderful. And people told me tonight, Pastor, you look good on TV. I said, my, my makeup look good? I look all right? I don't wear any, except right here on my head. No, I'm teasing you. But I want to tell you something. There is nothing like being in the house of the Lord. Nothing. Nothing like being in God's house. And you need to start getting ready about 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock next Wednesday night and say, I'm going to church tonight. And when you walk in here, it's not going to feel like your living room or your kitchen where there's food cooking. You're going to walk in here and feel an atmosphere like you hadn't felt in a long, long time because this church is still an oasis of churches in this city. Amen. The church is called to create a safe place where people are encouraged to disarm themselves and to love one another, to lay aside their preoccupations and to listen with love to one another and God. In the Bible, strangers were considered messengers of God. Abraham received three strangers in Mamre, and he offered them water and bread and some tender beef. And they revealed themselves as messengers of God. And they came with news that Abraham and Sarah were going to bear a son in their old age and name him Isaac. And you know what? They had that son. When the widow of Zarephath offered food and shelter to Elijah the prophet, he revealed himself as a man of God. Even capable, and he showed it, in raising her dead son to life. 
when the two travelers to Emmaus invited a stranger who had joined them on the road to spend the night at their house. He made himself known to them in the breaking of bread as the risen Christ. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have entertained angels unaware. It's the mission of this church to bring people together who do not know one another. And what they know out there is not what they need. They need to know what's in here. I need a hand clap on that. They need to know what's in here. Now, I consider one of the most vital, this is a little funny to me when I wrote it, I consider one of the most vital ministries on Sunday and Wednesday is that of greeting people. I love to greet people. I guess you all realize that by now. This church is not known for the preacher that preaches good or, or the choir that, or the music that sings good. It's known by, man, he'll shake your hand. He's the only man in town that'll shake your hand, hug your neck. But I consider, I consider hugging children. I consider hugging the elderly and the parents. And I put, well, everyone. If you don't run from me, you're going to get a pat on your back and a little hug. It's non-political, non-fat, and no strings attached. <laughs> but I just think that God put that in my spirit because I wanted somebody to feel a change. That they needed to feel just a change of atmosphere when they walked out of that and they walked into a house of love and a house that cares. You know, kids make pictures of me in Sunday school and they bring them to me sometime after church and boy, they're, they're pitiful pictures. I mean, the kids did well, but they had a pitiful subject, and it looks bad. The other day, one tried to tackle me. Just a few Sundays ago, and I looked down, I realized it was a little girl. It wasn't even a boy. She'll be a middle linebacker one day. Let the children come, Jesus said, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. I want our kids to know this place as a happy place. I want our kids to not have a church as a scary place or a place where the preacher just always is barking at them. I preached some subjects a long time ago when I was a younger man, preached some conferences. And I preached everything I had with all the energy I had. And my little granddaughter came up to me and said, Bo, we heard you preaching and screaming and hollering at people the other day. And I said, baby, I never screamed. I might have hollered a little bit, but I never did scream. She said, well, you hollered. But I want people to come. I want kids to come. I want people to walk in this house. Are you with me? I want folks to walk in this house and say, man, something's in this place. There's an atmosphere here of hospitality. It's an atmosphere. It's a feeling that you create in a place. It is a culture. When Thomas Jefferson was president, he and an entourage came to a river on a horseback and standing on the bank was a man that approached Jefferson and asked for a ride across the river. And Jefferson gave him a lift onto the horse and they crossed, off, crossed safely to the other side. And upon dismounting, several assistants criticized the man right in his face for asking the president for a ride. Look, replied the man, I didn't know he was the president of the United States. I just know some people have a yes face and some people have a no face. And the president's face said yes, so I asked him for a ride. 
I want everybody in this house to put on your best yes face when you walk in these doors because this is a yes house. This is a house of yes. This is a house where the Lord's promises are yea and amen, and we say yes to everything he offers us. Come on. This is a yes house. It's a yes house. Y'all enjoying this, aren't you? It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Uh, we can't change people any more than we can make a plant grow. But we can take away the weeds and the stones that prevent development of those people. And join hands as God makes his will known to us. Hospitality is an atmosphere. No one can create it in a community of faith except you. Folks, you that know what I'm talking about, let's continue to create it here and take away the fears of our culture in this house. Clap for the first point tonight. Now, not only is hospitality an atmosphere, it's an attitude. Hospitality is an attitude. Anybody got a good tood here tonight? It's an attitude of the heart. In our text, Jesus is the guest of Mary and Martha and Lazarus at a dinner given in his honor. He restored Lazarus to life, and the family's grateful. Martha prepared the meal. Lazarus entertained the guest of honor. And Mary took a family inheritance of perfume reserved for special occasions. And there wasn't a greater occasion than Jesus being in the house and poured the whole bottle on Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. And the whole house was filled with fragrance of the perfume. Gratitude has no boundaries. It's spontaneous, it's extravagant, and it is wonderful. But there was a problem in this setting. The disciples were there, and Judas has an attitude. Now, see, what I want to talk about is people that have an attitude. It's going to get quiet right now. <laughs> but he criticizes the act as going too far. Trying to hide behind concerns for the poor, he reveals his self-centeredness that he has been stealing from the treasury. And Jesus calls his hand. He said, leave her alone. The perfume is appropriate for the day of my burial. Some things are done out of gratitude. And hospitality rises from an attitude of gratitude. Our hospitality is a reflection of God's hospitality to us. When God's grace overwhelmed us and saved us, we were set free to share with those who are around us. Deuteronomy chapter 24 said, Moses instructed the children of Israel not to deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice or take the cloak of a widow as a pledge. He said, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. And when you have been there in that position, in that situation, and someone has come to help you, you won't forget what has happened in your life. Can I tell you something, folks? I went into a church when I was a baby boy. My grandpa held me on the front row. We were a poor family, and I don't want to make a big deal out of that. But we didn't have a lot to give. So if there was an echelon of people in the church, we were on the lower level of that. But God did something to my life, even with that kind of situation. And you know what? When he saved me by his grace, when he called me to preach this gospel, he put something extra in me, he put a little kick in me. He said, why don't you be kind to everybody? Why don't you show kindness to everybody? 
Why don't you be what you couldn't have done to you? And you know what? For the last 52 years, I've tried my best. And I'm not a too goody two-shoes, but I've tried to love everybody that I ever meet. I want everybody to know that Jesus is the answer. He brought me out and he put me on a rock. And I want everybody I come in contact with to understand that God can bring you out and put you on a rock. Is that all right? Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. And I refuse to let what's going on in our world make our message become less than what it's supposed to be. This is a saving hour. It's a saving hour. Only when we know how to behave as guests will we have the honor to act as host. I love that. What attitude is in your heart? Limit your hospitality to others. What attitudes in your heart limit your hospitality to others? Let me ask you, do you carry prejudice in your heart? Do you carry it? Does persons with needs and also entitlement spirits rob you of your hospitable heart? You know, you know they have a need, but they got this entitlement. It's like kids we used to do toys for, and one little girl that didn't have anything, we bought her the most wonderful bicycle you could ever see. She said, I don't want that. She had nothing. She said, I don't want that. I want something better than that. And it hurt. It bothered us. But it didn't stop me from wanting to give to people. I refused to let a spirit like that stop me from giving to people. And this church continues to give. Do you have a kid phobia? Do you have a kid phobia? Kids are just that. They're kids. I know a pastor that had a member that asked a family with children to leave the church and find another place of worship. First of all, it wasn't her place. And second of all, she might have asked the wrong people. pastor called her in and kindly talked to her about it. She decided it was better for her not to attend at all. And she didn't for several months. She just quit the church too. So she ran them off and then left herself. Listen, if you're going to run somebody off, go ahead and leave. Don't run them off. We don't need people to run people off around here, all right? Am, am I getting through to you? Let me ask you something else. Not only... If you carry prejudice or do you have kid phobia, but, but do foreign people bother you? Uh-oh, going to get thick here. Adili Gonzalez gave up a nice home in Cuba with well-to-do parents, a brother, two aunts, and a grandmother to come to America for an education. She said, I immediately felt this strong sense of being different and not belonging. I even had a college classmate ask me, is it hard for you to get used to wearing clothes? Don't you all dress like Tarzan and Jane in the jungle? What attitudes are going to have to change if you're going to accept people who happen to be different than us? Am I talking to you? When we have lived for a while, the walls of our lives become marked by many events, world events, people events, personal events, as well as our own responses to them. Hospitality invites us to break down the walls of prejudice that encourages us to see others as inferior, different, dangerous, unworthy of our time. You've got to let people get into your world and show them the love of Jesus Christ. Everybody say hospitality is an atmosphere. Hospitality is an attitude. And I finish tonight with hospitality is an action. Everybody say it's an action. Never underestimate 
cold cup of water. Do you know that when you give one of these to a man of God, a cold cup of water, I'm going to have water all over my place now. You know when you give one of these to a man of God, your reward is the same as his? Let me say that again. When you give a cold cup of water to a man of God, your reward is the same as his. That's pretty powerful to me. Hey, if that was from you, congratulations. That's right, that's right. Now, uh, another statement. Cook food, serve love. Say it again. Cook food, serve love. Hospitality is love in action. It doesn't have to be organized or programmed or formulated. Hospitality is expressed in random acts of kindness. I walked out of a restaurant about a month ago with my meal paid for. Anonymous blessee. An anonymous blessee. I still do not know who the blessee was. I wish you'd write me a letter and say, I did it. Because it's driving me nuts. Because I love to give and it's hard for me to receive and especially when there's not a name on the giver. They told the staff not to say a word and that staff obeyed them. They must have got a good tip. Because I don't know the giver, I can't reciprocate. I'm a debtor to some kind person of the universe who on that particular day decided to do a kind act, a random act of kindness on behalf of somebody else. So what do I do? I pay it forward. I bless someone because I am blessed. I know some people, they're not in this church, but I know some people say, well, you know, I deserve that. I deserve that blessing. No, no, none of us deserve somebody anonymous to pay our bill without us thinking in gra gratitude form of paying it forward to somebody else. A young mother in her old Honda loaded down with children pays for the next five cars at the turnpike toll booth. Can you imagine what those motorists thought when they drove up and the attendant at the tow booth said, it's a free ride today, folks. The lady in the little Honda in front of you just performed a random act of kindness. Or a teenager is seen out scrubbing graffiti off a park bench on a campus and planted there a few days ago or volunteering to help a widow lady do some menial tasks. Or a homebound grandma, she can't get out of the house, writes five notes a day to friends and acquaintances strangers, extending acts of kindness and love to people she does not even know. Love does not call for as much organization, structure, programming, and planning as we would like to think. We just need to do it. Hospitality is characteristic of community. Clap your hands and rejoice in that. First Peter 4 said, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I'm closing. I got two fabulous stories to tell you in closing. This is not one of them. In olden days, traveling people, traveling through the country would come and knock on doors and ask for a place to spend the night. If they were received, they called the persons hospitable people where we get the word hospital. Hospitable people created the word hospital. 
when fallen TV evangelist Jim Baker was released from prison, he got a call from two wonderful people, Ruth and Billy Graham. They helped find a place for him to live and invited him to worship with them at the church they attended the following Sunday. Jim Baker said, I had been out of prison less than 48 hours, and there I sat next to Ruth Graham as she announced to the world that I was still her friend, said the humbled evangelist. They invited me up to their cabin for lunch and began to help restore my soul that very day. This community, hear me, needs this church. In fact, this church is here for this community. Let me tell you a little story. I got three minutes. I'm not over. Let me tell you a little story. We tried to move from this location, the board's in the room, and they, they can validate this, probably three or four times. We tried to get out of here. We tried to leave this location. We tried to find us some acreage. We went out here on, on, on South Mopac, and we went out here on 71, and we went... Someplace else. Oh, we went over here off of, uh, off of Manshack. They had a big old 14-acre plot over there. We tried everything in the world to get out of here. And God said, what if I want you here? So we kind of took the idea that we don't have to go to a prettier property. We can just build a prettier building on this property and bring people in here. Because this church has been known a long time as a little A-frame over there. Then the building we built, then we tore that building out back there and we put a new parking out there and we built, bought, bought a house back yonder. We worked on this thing so many times. But God didn't want us to leave here. God wanted us to be right here because he wanted this church to rejoice in the fact that what we struggled in a long time ago, we're going to rejoice in right here today until Jesus comes. Come on now. Come on. The community needs this church, and this church is here for this community. The Bible is full of one anothering, like love one another, pray for one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens. One of our former pastors wrote a book about it, 31 Anothers, and fulfill the law of Christ. Let me give you a great illustration. Dr. Bob Goodrich was pastor of First United Methodist Church in Dallas, Texas. When President Kennedy was shot in 1963, with tears in his eyes, the following Sunday, Randy, if you'll help me, he lamented to his congregation this, these words. Lee Harvey Oswald, he said, lived only three box, blocks from our church. But so far, as we know, no one from our congregation ever called on him. No one ever knocked on his door or invited him to church or expressed any interest at all in him during that time. Do we have any responsibility for what has happened in our world. Yes, we do. The world is going crazy. And the church needs to have a Jesus smile as big as Austin, Texas. Amen? Amen? If we want a safer, more hospitable world, we might begin by building hospitality centers that are known as churches or as concerned for their community as they are for themselves. Look around you and find someone in need. Help somebody today and tomorrow. Though it be little, a neighborly deed, help somebody. Isn't it time we put the moral punch back in the biblical word called hospitality? Isn't it time? 
Every morning that I get up, I'm through preaching. Every morning that I get up, every morning that I get up, I say, Lord, let me help somebody today. Let me give something to somebody today. You know what? When you pray that prayer, it'll happen. It'll happen. There's four things that are important. Would you stand? I'm asking nobody else to leave, please. I'm asking nobody else to leave, please. First of all, we should be friends to our friends. You got a friend? Be a friend to those friends. Second, we need to accept that interruptions can be important parts of life. It can be important parts. Third, is providing a safe ground for people to talk freely. And fourth, hospitality can be a way to bless everyone. I wrote these words to you. I love you all tonight. I taught this lesson tonight because I thought it was important. The word with gladness of heart, receive it. Let's be that church, the church that has culture of loving and caring. And if we have lost a step in it, let's get it back. Let's just get it back. Let's have a revival of hospitality in our heart. And let's get it back. And one way to do that, uh-oh, I'm fixing to bust you right now, is when I pray a dismissal prayer, you don't need to run out of here. Where are you going? meet some buddies that are drinking or something, where are you going? Check on a ball game, where are you going? Spend a little time with people that matter. Spend a little time with people that might make a change in this world someday. Spend a little time. Don't be in a hurry to leave. Leave slow and come back fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love you. I love you. That's about all I got. Everybody say atmosphere. Everybody say attitude. Everybody say action. That's what hospitality has. We're going to be a better church. We're going to finish this year as one of the greatest places for people to visit. By the way, we had a record attendance Sunday in normal Sunday church. Not a holiday. We had a record attendance Sunday here. Is that cool or what? Is that cool or what? You know why? Because some of you are practicing what I taught tonight in this house. Just be kind to people. Just entertain people because you might be entertaining angels unaware. Just take, just love people. Just love people. And, and, and if an angel speaks to you, don't run away screaming. Bow your heads. Let me bless you. Dear Father, I love you.